Hello everybody, this is Francisco FGOGR and I'm doing another click venture here. I'm the United States Secretary General. Can I use the bathroom for five frickin' minutes without World War III breaking out? I thought this was a bit apropos given the situation and uh, I hope that anybody who's listening to this has donated to Ukraine to help in uh, their refugee situation or in their fight against Russia. And maybe it's time we can at least get a little bit of a laugh, or at least I will. But feel free to join me. I'm, I'm doing this through my phone. I'm out on business for work, so just going to do this so I can get to sleep and get some laughs. So let's get this started. So we see very ominous imagery with the United Nations building on the left and a nuclear explosion on the right. This is the United Nations, the center of global diplomacy. Countries from all over the world gather here to bicker about their differences and get nothing accomplished. This may seem like a huge waste of time, but it's actually much better than the alternative, which is World War III. So I have two choices. I could ask, uh, would World War III be bad or would World War III be good? So let's, let's go with the good option first. No, as we see some nuclear warheads over here. No, it would be very bad. Every human would die and the Earth would become a radioactive sender. World War III is one of the worst things that could happen. Okay. You are the UN Secretary General, the Director of the United Nations. This is you, as we see an image there. Running the United Nations is a challenging job, but you know how important your work is. Without your tireless diplomatic efforts, World War III could erupt at any moment. This is the start of a new day, and it's bound to be a stressful one. You have just enough time for a soothing chamomile tea before you talk to world leaders and try to de delay nuclear holocaust a little bit longer. Brew a cup of chamomile tea. image of the tea being poured into a cup. Soon the weight of the world will be on your shoulders, but right now, for one brief moment, you can revive your spirits with the calming taste of chamomile. Drink the tea. <laughs> As we see me clutch my stomach right now, the second you swallow the tea, your bowels seize up in knots. Number one and number two are stirring through your guts like a pair of incestuous pythons. <laughs> why, why that description? Okay. Angrily slamming against the walls of your intestine and bladder. What the hell did you just drink? Look at the tea box. Oh no. So the box says, Joyous morning, but gush. 100% natural tea, celestial seasonings, herbal laxative tea. <laughs> oh no. You wanted to make chamomile tea, but you must have grabbed the wrong box. You have to find a bathroom, fast. Maybe you should do a little diplomacy first though. <laughs> Before you visit the toilet. You've already left the world unattended while you had your tea and there's no telling what mischief the countries are getting themselves into. <laughs> so, <laughs> I could go straight to the bathroom or I could hold it in and check up on the countries. I'm gonna go straight to the bathroom. <laughs> So now we see an image of uh, the toilet sign. Diplomacy can wait five minutes. You desperately waddle straight to the bathroom. Use the toilet. And there's a nuclear explosion. 
While you're in the bathroom, World War III occurs, and a nuclear shockwave obliterates New York City, which is where the United Nations headquarters is. You are instantly killed without even realizing there's a problem. Soon, every other city on Earth is also erased by a nuclear hellfire. Within minutes, a global population of billions is reduced to millions. The survivors struggle on for several decades, their numbers continually dwindling due to radiation sickness and famine caused by nuclear winter. The few that survive are often infertile from constant background irradiation. 50 years after World War III, fewer than 100,000 humans remain alive on the face of the earth, surviving in scattered hunter-gatherer tribes. They eke out a tough existence on the toxic husk of the earth, but even those hardened nomad bands are slowly killed off by the inhospitable wasteland. 500 years after World War III, only two humans are left on earth, a mother and her son. They live on the outskirts of the radioactive ruin of what was once called Cincinnati, eating cockroaches to survive. She dies of cancer when the boy is 10 years old. He, le he lives the rest of his life alone on a dead planet making up imaginary friends to keep himself company. He dies at the age of 49 from an untreated tooth infection. This tragic fate befell humanity because you couldn't hold in your feces for a few minutes before using the bathroom. It didn't have to be this way. So I'm going to rewind my last decision. Okay, so we're going to hold it in and check up on the countries. So now we're, we're in a meeting room with several representatives. We, we see somebody from Germany, another Brazilian, a French guy, a Japanese guy, a Canadian woman. So you visit the conference room where ambassadors hang out to argue with each other. Mr. Secretary General, the diplomats greet you in unison. Your stomach is rumbling like a blender full of rocks. You really need to wrap up this diplomacy stuff pronto. So, I have two things I could say. The first one being, Greetings, distinguished colleagues. Once again, we gather in these hallowed halls of diplomacy to settle our respective nations' disputes with the power of reason and words. Violence has no place in the interconnected world we now share. By working together, we shall build bridges of understanding that will transcend all borders and keep the grim specter of war at bay. Indeed, the prevention of the war is the seminal issue at the moment in this current crux of history. For the destructive power of atomic arms represents a threat to the continued existence of the human race. The great Albert Einstein once quipped, I know not with what weapons World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. The wise scientist's warnings should be carefully heeded because there are no vectors in a battle involving an exchange of nuclear weaponry. Let us collaborate with a sense of renewed purpose, ever cognizant of the importance of cordial discourse between all the countries of Earth. Therefore. I hereby inquire whether any nations present here currently have any lingering grievances with one another that must be addressed before they escalate into the possibility of armed conflict. Or I could say, okay, World War III, it's bad, and we don't want it. Any countries fighting here gotta stop that. <laughs> okay. I, I want to say the long one because I feel like that's going to affect my my bowel movements. So I'm going to say the long one. <laughs> oh no. There's poop on the floor. You <laughs> Oh no. You deliver a long and eloquent speech. <laughs> on the importance of diplomacy. Ign <laughs> <laughs> I, 
ignoring the furious writhing of your intestine. Unfortunately, you take too long. As soon as you're, as soon as you're finished speaking, your colon erupts in a geyser. In a geyser of shit. Liquid rivers of warm... Of warm dung flow down your... Flow down your pant leg, over your shoes, and spread across the floor like the Exxon Valdez spill. (laughs) Okay, I will casually glance around the room to see if any of the ambassadors notice that that you soiled your pants. So the people are looking at me. Hey, the Secretary General just shit his pants, screams the Belgian ambassador. What a loser, shouts the Japanese ambassador. We used to respect him, but he can't even keep his crap inside his body where it belongs. All these years, we've listened to him when he told us that the World War III would be bad, says the Chilean ambassador. But now, what we know, he's an ex- actually an idiot who shits his what if that means World War III would be good? Excited murmurs start to fill the room. Yeah, World War III, the big war. World War III would be good. Nukes, nukes, nukes. I only have one thing to say. E- everyone, please listen to me. I-, I know that I shit myself, but you must believe that World War III would be bad. Please don't do World War III. Oh, there's a nuclear explosion. The ambassadors ignore your desperate pleas and phone their home countries to tell them to start World War III. It doesn't take long before a nuclear shockwave reduces the United Nations to radioactive ash. And you with it. So let's rewind to my last decision. So instead of giving the incredibly long speech, we're going to do the really short one. (laughs) So now there's uh, an old man lifting a tiny weight. The French ambassador clears his throat. Yes, we're about to go to war with our hated enemy, England. Uh-oh, he's lifting weights. This is a traditional form of diplomatic saber-rattling that, a countries, that countries use to show their power. If he's doing exercise at the United Nations, that means armed conflict could erupt between France and England at any second. So I have one thing to say. What did England do? So now we see an image of Stonehenge. The arrogant and imperialistic British have been hogging Stonehenge all for themselves. Why do they get to own Stonehenge? They didn't even build Stonehenge. It was Druids a long time ago. France should get to turn owning Stonehenge. If not, we have no choice but to start World War III. So I have two choices of what to say. I could say, England, how do you respond to France's allegation? <laughs> or I could say, Ugh, oh God, no, 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 no. Please, not now. Hold it, hold it. <laughs> let's stick to actually trying to work this diplomacy thing so now (laughs) there's another man lifting two weights instead the English ambassador scoffs disdainfully okay I'm trying to see if I can do a British accent how dare they devious French man that's not even English. That's not even a good English voice. Uh, maybe it's a good. How dare the dubious French try to take our Stonehenge? This is a weird version of Paul McCartney or something. When they've been selfishly ordered the Eiffel Tower all to themselves for years. If France wants to do World War Three, England welcomes the chance to best them in a contest of nudes. After we win. We'll break the Alpha Tower to London where it belongs. Uh, uh, okay. So now I, I have two choices of what to say. 
You both raise good points. I guess you two have no choice but to start World War III. Or, I could say, instead of resorting to World War III, why don't we think of a compromise that will make everyone happy? So I'm going to say this first thing because it's incredibly stupid, and we're going to get to an ending, I bet. And we have another nuclear explosion. <laughs> with, <laughs> with your blessing, England and France begin lobbing nuclear weapons at each other, destroying both Stonehenge and the Eiffel Tower, as well as all their cities and buildings and people. The destruction of two countries would be bad enough, but England and France were both NATO signatories. As soon as they went to war, that invoked Article 5 of the NATO Treaty, which declares that an attack against one NATO member is an attack against all and must be responded to with military action. All the other NATO members fulfilled their obligations to defend England and France from England and France by bombing England and France. Attacking England and France invokes Article 5 of NATO again, which forces all the NATO nations to start bombing all the NATO nations that attacked England and France, including themselves. You are killed in a nuclear explosion when the United States retaliates against the United States by bombing the United States. All right, rewind to my last choice. So we're, we're back to here. Um, so I'm going to say instead of raising, resorting to World War III, we're going to try and find a compromise. Okay. So now we see an image of the Eiffel Tower and Stonehenge. Knowing that your bowels could evacuate the entire frozen package of hot dogs you ate this morning at any moment. You have to propose a peace treaty between England and France on how to equitably divide Stonehenge and the Eiffel Tower, and pronto. So I have two choices. I can propose that England trade France a nude photo of the Queen in exchange for the Eiffel Tower, or I could propose that France appease England by drawing a Manchester United jersey on the Mona Lisa. Let's try the Mona Lisa. Oh no. So now we see the Mona Lisa with the Manchester United jersey. The Mona Lisa is one of France's most valued treasures, says the French ambassador in a hushed and reverent tone. We stole that painting from the Italians and it's ours now. Until now, we've had a police policy to never paint on the Mona Lisa, but we would break that rule in exchange for Stonehenge. Manchester United rules, shouts the English bastard. They kicked the ball very well. We'd be honored to have Mona Lisa become a man of man, a fan of Manchester. The two ambassadors shake hands, signaling a new era of peace between their countries. Now that you've avoided war, <laughs> averted war, nothing stops you from running to the bathroom. Run to the bathroom. So now I'm in front of the bathrooms again. You sprint towards the toilets, using every ounce of willpower to contain the furious contents of your twitching asshole. The door of the UN's bathroom beckons to you like a lighthouse in a storm. Dash inside. So now we're inside and we're viewing the stalls. You stride triumphantly toward the toilets, ready to drop your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to drop your pants to destroy the plumbing. <laughs> There's no time to spare either, because she <laughs> Because shit is ramming against your sphincter like Vikings at the castle gates. There are four stalls in this bathroom. Which one do you want to use? First, second, third, or fourth stall. I'm gonna close my eyes. Oh, so we see Bill Gates. You open the door and find Bill Gates sitting on the toilet, but not actually defecating. The toilet lid is down and Bill Gates' pants are up. The billionaire philanthropist is lost in thought and doesn't notice you enter. Uh, I have one thing to say to him. Hello, Mr. Bill Gates. Are you using that toilet? Oh, sec... I don't even know Bill Gates' voice. Oh, se hello, Secretary General, says Bill Gates. No, I don't need to use the toilet. 
just came here to think about all the strides that Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has made in the fight against malaria. The bathroom is one of my favorite quiet places to think about doing charity. Spawn. If you're not using that toilet, can I please use it? Sure, of course you can use this toilet, says Bill Gates. Unfortunately, not everyone on Earth has a toilet, and other unfortunate people have malaria, a serious and sometimes deadly disease spread by mosquitoes. There are over 200 million cases of malaria each year. It's an enduring problem that I hope to fix in my lifetime. So now I say, yes, sure. On behalf of the United Nations, I commend your efforts against malaria. Now please stand up so I can use the toilet. Uh, all right, you need to use the toilet, says Bill Gates. I forgot because I was talking about malaria, a serious disease endemic in tropical climates. Combating malaria will require a threefold approach. One, reducing mosquito populations by eliminating standing water sources and employing judicious use of pesticides. Two, developing effective drugs and vaccines to protect at-risk populations from malaria. Three, employing barriers such as mosquito nets to prevent contact between humans and mosquitoes. And I have two choices. I could say, Bill, please, I'm going I'm going to crap my pants if you keep talking about malaria. Or, Bill, I, I think there is a mosquito trapped in my car and it might be carrying malaria. So I'm going to see if I can trick him by carrying, uh, going to my car. <laughs> so now we see a crashed car. Don't worry, I'll squish it, shouts Bill Gates. He runs out to the United Nations parking lot, hops into his car, and drives into your car at 90 miles per hour, totaling both vehicles. <laughs> Bill Gates dizzily climbs out of the wreckage of his car. He has a long gash bleeding on his forehead where it hit the steering wheel. I, I don't see the mosquito, he shouts in warning. I, I think it got away. Don't let it bite you or you might get malaria. You've successfully tricked Bill Gates into leaving the toilet. Sit on the now unoccupied toilet. You drop your pants. So now we see an image of a toilet. You drop your pants and lower yourself down. The ring of the toilet seat feels cool and refreshing on your buttocks. Just as you prepare to tense your colon and expel all the filth within, there is a loud commotion from outside the bathroom. You hear angry shouting. Someone screams. If World War III is what you want, then World War III is what you're gonna get. So, <laughs> I have two choices. I could use the toilet as quickly as possible, then go check up on the noise. Or, I could grab my teeth, hold it in even longer, and go check up on the noise. Let's use that toilet. And there's a nuclear explosion. Let's rewind. So let's talk to these people. So now we're before, I guess, the UN General Assembly. The shouting seems to be coming from the UN Main Assembly Hall. Summoning all your willpower to clench your ass cheeks shut, you waddle over to investigate. Enter the Assembly Hall. It's George Clooney. George Clooney rushes over to you when you enter the assembly hall. You've come, you've come just in time. It's, man, that does not sound like George Clooney, Secretary General, says the actor slash human rights activist. We were having a routine diplomatic conference on Syrian refugee resettlement when the United States and Russian ambassadors totally lost it. They've been screaming at each other that they're going to start World War III. You've got to do something. So I have two choices. I could say, thanks for the warning, George. I'll speak to the U.S. and Russian ambassadors and sort this mess out. Or, I loved you in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I'm going to say that. George Clooney's mouth twists in a slight frown. Thanks. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven is a pretty good movie. Anyway, Warder 3 is about to happen, so you should 
probably go deal with that. So I have two choices of what to say to him. Yes, I, I must find a diplomatic solution to prevent thermonuclear war. There's no time to waste. Or, do you still hang out with the Ocean's Eleven cast? I know it's just a movie, but on the screen, you all seem like friends. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to keep going with this Ocean Eleven thing. Sure, we hang out sometimes, says George Clooney as he pinches the bridge of his nose and closes his eyes in frustration. He takes a deep sigh. Look, there's a serious geopolitical situation occurring right now. Humanity might get wiped out by atomic warfare unless you take immediate action. I'd be happy to talk to you about Ocean's Eleven later. So I have two choices I could say. You're absolutely right. I must find a diplomatic solution before it's too late. Or, <laughs> I could say, this is a little embarrassing to ask, and I don't normally do things like this, but I have an Ocean's Eleven poster at home. Would you autograph it for me? I, I don't have it with me right now, but it because it's framed on my wall, but I could get it and bring it here. Or, you could come to my house to sign the poster. It's not far away. We could watch Ocean's Eleven while you're there. I have it on Blu-ray. I'm gonna keep saying that. No, I'm not autographing anything, Secretary General. I appreciate that you're a fan of Ocean's Eleven. However, right now, we need to focus on preventing war between the United States and Russia. If they unleash their nuclear arsenal, the entire planet could be... Oh my god, are you shitting? You just... <laughs> like I had a little accident. I'll go clean myself off in a second. But first, I want to ask you about working with Bernie Mac. It was so sad when Bernie Mac died. I thought he did a great job playing inside man Frank Catton in Ocean's Eleven. Do you have any funny stories about Bernie Mac on set? And there's a nuclear explosion. The nuclear shockwave rips through the United Nations, instantly reducing both you and George Clooney to piles of ash. Your ashes get a little mixed up with George Clooney's ashes, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so let's rewind. So uh, I guess we're, we're going to have to be forced to talk to these ambassadors. So now we see an incredibly strong man. You approach, you approach the U.S. ambassador and discover he's displaying his muscles in an intimidating pose, a, a traditional diplomatic ploy used to intimidate enemy nations. Russia better watch out because the United States has nukes. He screams while kissing his bicep. We can shoot the nukes into the sky so they land on Russia. It will not be pretty for them. Him. Excuse me. Uh oh, and then we see another strong man flexing. No, it's America that put it. Watch out. Shouts back the Russian ambassador while individually flexing his pectoral muscles so it looks like his breasts are dancing because Russia has nukes. We can shoot these nukes right up into the sky so they land on the United States. And the U.S. will not enjoy the nukes, no sorry. Gentlemen, please, why are you fighting? It's because Russia keeps hogging our mutually shared atomic bomb, says the U.S. ambassador, gesturing at a nuclear warhead sitting against the wall as we see... There's a nuclear warhead sitting next to a wall. <laughs> we want it. We 
wanted to keep atomic bombs in the UN to threaten each other, but atomic bombs are pretty big, explains the Russian ambassador. So we brought in one, one atomic bomb and shared it to save space. There's a nuclear bomb in the United Nations? Nobody asked my permission for this. So now we see uh, someone inserting a key into a hole. Yeah, and Russia keeps turning their key, complains the US ambassador. There are two keys to activate the nuclear bomb, and we have each one. It's so much fun to turn the key, but we can't do it at the same time or the countdown starts. I only was turning my key because you were turning your key. Counters the Russian ambassador. Why should you get to have all fun of turning a key? Well, I was only turning my key because you were turning your key, says the U.S. ambassador. And because of this dope turning his key, when I turn my key, now the bomb is going to detonate in 60 seconds. No, it's your fault. The bomb is going to detonate in 60 seconds, says the Russian ambassador. You turned your key when I turned my key. This bomb is going to explode in 60 seconds? Blow up? Yeah, it's going to blow us all up. And then we were going to get revenge on each other by doing World War Three, says the U.S. ambassador as we see a clock ticking down. Too bad, there's no way to defuse the bomb, says the Russian ambassador. The only design flaw this bomb has that it shuts off if it gets wet and dirty, but that's no help to us. Oh no, I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Don't lose hope. <laughs> think, I'll think of a way to stop it. <laughs> oh god. How will you stop the nuclear bomb? You know that whatever you decide now will be a final irrevocable choice. The fate of the world hangs in the balance. <laughs> I have two choices. I could shit on the nuclear bomb. <laughs> or I could push the nuclear bomb into the East River. Mm, they're both dirty and wet. <laughs> I'm gonna take a shit on it. <laughs> oh no, there's a picture of a butt. Diplomats from all nations gather to watch as you strip off your clothes and seat your bare ass down on the nuclear bomb. <laughs> then you open the floodgates, unleashing a tsunami of hot diarrhea all over the nuke. After an initial vanguard of liquid shit, you start spraying the bomb with your urine, <laughs> while simultaneously releasing several pounds. Moisture with the consistency of brownie bites floating in dog food. The bowel movement noise from your <laughs> This is so specific. The bowel movement noise from your fluttering asshole is a cacophonous roar that sounds like the MGM lion getting blown up during a 4th of July firework show. All this fecal waste drips down into the nuclear bomb's inner mechanism. The countdown timer stops with one second remaining. See how the world's diplomats react to your public defecation. And there's a contingent of people of all genders and race and orientations and religions and nationalities with sign holding peace or, uh, yeah, basically a sign that says peace. Uh, the ambassadors from all the world's nations give your massive dump a standing ovation. Bravo, Secretary General, they shout. By shitting on the nuclear bomb, you eloquently illustrated how messy and unpleasant nuclear war would be. We used to think World War III might be good, but you shit on a bomb. And that visual metaphor explained that World War III would be bad. 
The diplomats set aside their differences and that afternoon sign a peace treaty to forever prevent World War III from happening. You go down in history as the greatest Secretary General the United Nations has ever known. And a giant bronze statue of you taking your historic shit is installed in the lobby of the United Nations. So I got to, I guess, a good ending. There's probably more than one I want to explore. If, uh, uh, so we're going to start over and I'm going to see what the other alternatives would be. So what was would be bad? So. Yes, it would be very bad. Every human would die and the Earth would become a radioactive sender. World War III is one of the worst things that could happen. Okay. <clears throat> so we're going to brew our cup of chamomile tea. We'll drink it and it'll be a laxative. So we're going to have to check up on these countries and say the short thing. And now England and France are going to get in on this. And this time I'm going to say... Ugh. Oh, God. No, no, no. Please, no. Not now. Hold it. <clears throat> so now they're looking at me after I say this. The diplomats watch you in puzzled silence as you struggle to control your spastic bowels. After a few perilous seconds, you manage to resist defecating for at least a little bit longer. England, how, how do you respond to France's allegations? Okay, so now we're back to this between England and France. Gonna stop World War Three. Uh, this time, I'm going to propose that England trade a new photo of the Queen. <clears throat> the British ambassador falls silent for a long moment, then takes a nude photo of the Queen out of his briefcase. This photo of the Queen's glorious body, bare body, is one of England's most treasured possessions. It's supposed to be British. Man, I'm bad at this. He says gravely, handing it to the French ambassador. England will not trade it for anything less precious than the Eiffel Tower. The French ambassador examines the photo for a few seconds. She looks pretty good for her age, he says with utter solemnity. The British ambassador nods. Oh yeah, she's in the 90s. Not bad at all. The two ambassadors shake hands, signaling a new era of peace between their countries. Now that you've averted the war, nothing stops us from running to the bathroom. So let's run to the bathroom once more. So we're back at the toilets. We're going to dash inside. So now we're back at the stall. So I've had four choices and I randomly picked one. So I don't even remember which one it is. So let's go with the first one. And then we see a woman. You open the door to the first stall and a young woman sitting on the toilet shrieks in alarm. Excuse me, this stall is occupied, screams Malala Yousafzai. What the fuck? What the fucking hell is wrong with you? Can't a Nobel Prize winner take a dump in peace? <laughs> so that's not going to work. Sorry, the, the door was unlocked. Well... Fucking knock next time. Now get lost so I can finish up in here and get back to a conference on the importance of women's education in the developing world. So I'll find another toilet. So let's go with the second one since we, we know we can't go in the first. Oh, and it's the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama is sitting on the toilet. Suffering must be our teacher, not our master. He says while smiling at you benevolently. There is a quiet, continuous sound of trickling urine. Sorry, your holiness. I didn't know this stall was occupied. You are filled with sorrow, says the, Dal the Dalai Lama. Instead, be joyous, for the world's beauty is all around you. Urine continues to steadily trickle. Actually, I'm filled with about 10 gallons of diarrhea, and I need that toilet you're using. Are you going to be done soon? Our needs and wants are roadblocks on the path to Nirvana. The sound of urine slows down to intermittent spurts and eventually stops entirely. Five quiet seconds pass as the Dalai Lama smiles at you. 
Then suddenly urine starts pouring again, twice as loud as before. <laughs> so I have two choices. I could find another toilet or I could sit on the Dalai Lama's lap and try to shit between his legs into the toilet. And that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> you drop your pants and seat your bare ass on the Dalai Lama's naked thighs. In response, the Buddhist spiritual leader calmly takes a can of mace out of his robes and pepper sprays you in the eyes. <laughs> Blindly stumble away in agony, shitting as you go. <laughs> so now there's a group of children. <laughs> The world is a plain, is a painful blur. You try to fumble your way to the sinks to wash the pepper spray from your stinging eyes, but instead accidentally wandered out of the bathroom into the UN's hallway right in front of an elementary school tour group. There are shocked gasps and giggles from the students as you waddle around with your fallen pants Reluctantly shitting a breadcrumb trail of dirt <laughs> behind you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get arrested for public indecency in front of minors. So now uh, there's a cop car. Police handcuff you and throw you in the back of a squad car. You face some pretty serious charges. Shitting in front of minors will get you put on the sex offender registry, which will get you fired from your job at the United Nations and make it impossible to ever get employed again. However, you're never charged for your crimes. On your way to the police station, World War III happens, and you're disintegrated by a nuclear explosion. So let's rewind to our last decision. So we went in the first stall. We're in the second stall. So the third stall. Oh God. So we see a picture of Muammar Gaddafi. Former Libyan dictator Muammar Gaddafi is sitting on the toilet. Occupied, says the brutal tyrant. My bad, I should have locked the door. <laughs> so I have two choices, I could say. Sorry, Mr. Gaddafi, I'll find another toilet. Or I could say, Sorry, Mr. Gaddafi, wait, didn't you die a while ago? An angry mob killed you. That's exactly what I'm going to ask, because I thought he was dead. No. They only killed one of my body doubles, says Gaddafi. I was at the United Nations for a diplomatic summit when my government was overthrown, so I decided to lay low and live in the bathroom here. Can I use that toilet? Sure, help yourself, says Gaddafi as he stands and pulls up his pants. Alright, so we see a toilet with uh, urine inside of it. It's up, though. I just dropped a monster deuce and this toilet is completely colored. Sorry about that. The odor from the toilet is absolutely horrendous. Gaddafi's dump smells like a combination of dog sweat and spoiled cheesecake. You flick the handle a few times, but it doesn't flush. You definitely do not want to sit on top of that mess. But you need a toilet, and you're getting desperate. Uh, we're going to use Gaddafi's toilet, because we know the last toilet has Bill Gates in it. So now I've sat down on it. You sit down on top of the stream, the steaming dung and defecate. It's pretty gross feeling the polluted Gaddafi water <laughs> splash up against your ass cheeks, but at least you get rid of your diarrhea. <laughs> Successfully use the toilet. <laughs> oh no, we see uh, some microscopic bacterium. You have success. You have succeeded in using the toilet for five minutes without World War III breaking out. So congratulations. Technically, you win. On the downside, you get all kinds of weird diseases from exposure to Gaddafi's shit, which is to be expected from someone who slept with thousands of prostitutes and sex slaves for over four decades. 
A few hours after using the bathroom, you start hemorrhaging blood from your anus and then die. After your death, there's nobody around to prevent World War III and humanity is eradicated by nuclear warfare. If you're okay with this, you can quit now and consider this a victory, but maybe there's a way to take your shit and also prevent World War III from happening at all. So, rewind last session. There's one last thing to do. So, we're at Bill Gates. So, we're, we're going to... Um, I'm instead. Of, I'm gonna instead of him talking about mosquitoes. I'm gonna be like, Bill, please. I, I'm going to crap my pants if you keep talking about malaria. Okay, so now, um, all right. So now, <laughs> Bill Gates says, "I'm sorry to hear that. I will get off the toilet immediately so you can use it." Says Bill Gates while remaining seated on the toilet. Diarrhea is also one of the symptoms of malaria, a serious disease that is sometimes fatal. Other symptoms of malaria include fever and vomiting. Over half a million people die each year from malaria, a grim annual toll that is often too ignored in the Western world. The good news is that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has made huge strides against malaria, reducing deaths by 20% since the year 2000. Our scientists have made promising breakthroughs experimenting with recombinant protein-based vaccines, and we intend to keep funding grants to pursue that area of research. Eradicating malaria is a long-term goal, but an attainable one that will require ongoing cooperation between government health departments and NGOs. By the way, didn't you say you needed to use the toilet? Sorry, I got distracted talking about malaria. Bill Gates stands up and gestures at the toilet. It's all yours. <laughs> Crap your pants before you can reach the toilet. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you shit your pants because you let Bill Gates ramble on about malaria for too long. There's no way you can conduct diplomacy like this. None of the ambassadors will take you seriously if you have sopping wet shit legs. You have no choice but to go shopping for a new pair of pants. <laughs> oh boy. Take the subway to Macy's to buy a new pair of pants. So now we're on the subway. You, you and your befoul pants squeeze onto a packed subway train. The other strap hangers give you disgusted looks an inch away. In your worst nightmares, you never dreamed that you, the Secretary General of the world's most esteemed diplomatic institution, could become a social pariah sticking up a train car. You pray the subway gets to you gets to your stop quickly so you can reach Macy's and buy clean pants as soon as possible. Ride the train. You're traveling through a tunnel when the subway comes to a screeching halt. The lights flicker and the car shakes as the ground trembles. The train conductor voice crackles over the intercom. Sorry, passengers. This train is experiencing serious delays because World War III has just happened on the surface and everyone out there is dead. Thank you for your patience. Evacuate the subway car. Oh, God. There's a nuclear wasteland outside now. You climb a service ladder to the street level and behold the grim aftermath of World War III. Charred corpses litter the streets amidst burning rubble. This is the exact kind of situation you tried to warn people about when you said World War III would be bad. Fortunately, you managed to survive Doomsday and become a nomadic scavenger. You spend the rest of your grueling life searching through the radioactive ruins of civilization for canned food and bugs to eat. However, in all your decades of wandering the nuclear wasteland, you never find a clean pair of pants. So we'll rewind to my last decision. So we're, um, uh, Bill, mosquitoes trapped. So yeah, now we're, he, he leaves. He, uh, he crashes my car and then we'll grit my teeth to the assembly hall and it's the USA oh yeah George Clooney so I'm gonna go talk to the ambassadors um and then him excuse me and then gentlemen why are you fighting the nuclear war bomb is going to explode in 60 seconds 
Don't lose hope, so I'll think of a way to stop it. And so we're back to, we know the good ending, which is when I go poop on the toilet. But we could push the nuclear bomb into the East River. This is the last choice. So we're going to complete this night now. Let's see. So now we see a image of the of UN and the East River. With the horrendous sounds of metal screeching on stone tiles, you struggle to push the nuclear bomb through the hall to the United Nations. Diplomats watch in awe as you shove the heavy lump of steel and plutonium down to the river and tip it into the water. The nuclear bomb plops down into the murky water and sinks out of view. 60 seconds pass. Nothing happens. The dirty river water must have deactivated the bomb. Wipe your brow in relief and head back into the UN. So now we see an assortment of people of all races and genders and orientations and creeds and nationalities all with their hands in the prayer um, symbol. All the ambassadors bow in terror before you. Please don't hurt us, strong Secretary General, they beg. We saw you push the bomb into the river, and you were so muscular and mighty as you shoved that bomb. It must have weighed over 200 pounds. You've intimidated all the nations of the world. Spare our lives, and we'll worship you as King of Earth. No, thank you. I don't want to be king. I'm committed to upholding the democratic ideals around the globe. So now uh, there's a crown. You're king now, insists the ambassadors. They place a crown upon your head. We're faithful. We're fearful of your mighty power, so you get to rule the whole planet now. That's the way diplomacy works. <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> I don't know why he's kidding me. Sh- shit your pants. <laughs> And there's a nuclear explosion. How could we end it any other way? (laughs) Our king is fallible. Look at his ass. Something most foul gushes from within. The diplomats shout and immediately begin fighting with each other, clawing at each other's eyes and nasal cavities. If our king can shit his pants, what hope do we have for fostering peace across the globe? The diplomat from Canada screams. The rabid diplomats unhinge by seeing you debase yourself so completely. And pathetically, begin calling in nuclear airstrikes at random in their apoplectic frenzy. Damn, you were so close to avoiding World War III. As the nuclear bombs retell, you most definitely regret shitting your pants. Alright, so that's it. Uh, Thanks everyone who was uh, listening to this. I'm gonna go to sleep now, but this was fun. Bye-bye.